that absolutely everything in the dunya is also free of Allah Ta'ala, empty of Allah Ta'ala's blessings and mercy. Illa. Now, after the illa, the accept, it doesn't just mean zikr like tasbih or muraqabah or things that we say. No. Zikr here has a very wide meaning. Very wide meaning. Except the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Anything that is done in this world, that is done lillah, fillah, for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, in the name of Allah Ta'ala, to please Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, whilst remembering Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, in gratefulness to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, all of that is called zikr. Even if a person works in the world, but they do it for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, while remembering Allah Ta'ala. For example, when a person works, there's so many opportunities to lie at work. You can lie to your boss, you can lie to your colleague, you can say a lie to your customer, to your client, you can say a lie to your friend. There's so many opportunities. But if a person, because they were remembering Allah Taala, for the sake of Allah Taala, they didn't lie and they didn't do anything against the Sharia and Sunnah throughout that day at work, that also counts as the zikr and the remembrance of Allah SWT because they did it for the sake of Allah SWT. So another way you can understand is that the world itself and everything in the world is profane except the remembrance of Allah Taala. So anything that is done in the world in a state of zikr, in a form of zikr, in a kind of zikr, gets automatically transferred from the profane to the sacred from the profane to the blessed, to the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, <coughs> many times uh, people misunderstand the hadith, you know, and they just translate it like this, that the world is accursed, and everything in the world is accursed. And if you just say these few words, uh, sometimes, especially if there's not a very strong Muslim, or they're not well-grounded in the Islamic tradition, they get a bit scared, and they, it's heavy. They say, well, well, I don't understand, and why is Paul Sussan saying that the world is cursed? It's not, that's not what it means. The world is empty of Allah's blessings and mercy, and it's an important thing to understand. This world has no intrinsic value or reality other than it being used for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you strip the dunya of the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you end up with nothing, zero, no value whatsoever. And that's why secularism is that ideology that is the most against deen and against the hadith. Because secularism does a very strange thing. You see, one thing is shar, which is evil. And there's something called khair, which is good. Now, evil obviously is against deen. And evil is against secularism also. The secular person does, also does not want that evil in the world. But what secularism does is it takes good out from the category of zikr of Allah subhanahu In other words, that okay, don't lie, be truthful, but don't do it for the sake of Allah ta'ala. Don't do it because you believe in Allah subhanahu Don't do it out of love for Allah subhanahu Just be truthful, be good, without the zikr. So, illa zikr Allahi, the Prophet said that Everything is empty of the mercy and blessings of Allah SWT except his zikr. Secularism took khair, took good, and put it back on the other side of the first half of the hadith to make it ma'lum. 
So the person is actually being truthful, but because their truth has nothing to do with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not out of iman in him, not out of his fear of him, not out of love for him, they strip it, and they strip it from everything sacred. So even their truth then becomes profane. Allahu Akbar Ajeeb. Can you imagine that nazariya, that ideology, that takes khair out of zikr? Shar evil can never be called zikr of Allah but it takes even goodness and empties it from the zikr of Allah Now if you look at other things in our deen, that it doesn't mean Allah Ta'ala has filled this world, world with zikr. Allah SWT says in Qawma, Immin shay'in illa that there is nothing in this world, in the entire created universe, there is nothing except that it does the tasbih and hamd of Allah SWT, except that it glorifies and praises Allah SWT. So that means the entire natural world does zikr of Allah SWT. Allah Akbar. So that means that those things aren't malun. So it's not that rocks are accursed or grass is accursed or, or animals. No, every single thing is doing the zikr of Allah SWT. Every single thing in Allah Ta'ala's creation is natural creation, right? Is, in, is doing the zikr of Allah SWT. It's just us, us and jinn, we're one category of makhluk creation that has been given the choice. You want to remember Allah Ta'ala or you want to be ghafat? All of other creation naturally, by its very nature, is making the zikr of Allah SWT, is remembering Allah SWT. So actually, Allah Ta'ala put us on this dunya, when He decreed out of His command and will and wish that every single thing in the dunya makes zikr of Allah Ta'ala, He created an environment of zikr for us. And that's why the true Muslim is the one who's most in tune with nature as opposed to all these artificial uh, things that are, you know, characteristic of this modern industrial age. So the more natural the environment and the more in touch a person is with the natural creation of Allah Ta'ala, the more they have an environment of zikr. And the more they're not in touch with nature, and the more they're urbanized, and the more they're surrounded with media, technology, advertising, marketing, the less they will remember Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. It doesn't mean that the world isn't cursed. The world is full of the zikr of Allah Subhanahu Everything in the world is making zikr of Allah Subhanahu In Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala made all the makhluk, make dua and maghfira for you and me, for the believers who are fasting in that month. Alright? But it means that if something, if there's anything in the world that is empty of Allah Ta'ala's zikr, then yes, that is absolutely empty then of all of Allah Ta'ala's blessings and mercy. So now Allah Ta'ala again, Allah inna dunya ma'lunatun. That know, be well informed, be always aware that indeed the world itself is ma'lunatun, is intrinsically empty of the mercy and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ma'lunun ma'fiha. And empty of Allah ta'ala's mercy and blessings is all the things that are in the world. Illa except zikrullahi the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa ma wa'alahu and that which leads a person to zikr. Now this is such a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not just zikr, but anything that even leads to Allah ta'ala's remembrance. So this is what Deen teaches us to remember Allah ta'ala and to be one who leads to His remembrance. If we can't remember, connect ourselves to the zikr of Allah ta'ala, 
to connect herself to those things that facilitate his remembrance, that are conducive to his remembrance. Hmm? And again, zikr is being understood on the widest possible understanding. All of our adab, akhlaq, our manners, and our etiquettes, and our behavior, and our demeanor, all of that can be zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of that is, when it's done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the type of zikr. Our haya is zikr, taqwa is zikr, sabr is zikr, shukr is zikr, uh, modesty is zikr, patience is zikr, gratitude is zikr, all of it is zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of it is the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is what we learn from our deen. This is what we learn from our deen. How to make every second of our life a way to remember Allah subhanahu wa And this is what the Mashaikh used to train people in. This is a training. And if there's something in our life that we cannot connect to Allah on any way, if there's something in our life that absolutely cannot have any element, aspect of remembrance of Allah in it, then that means that's something malun in our life. And that's where you find people will say that. When they engage in activities in which they forget Allah Ta'ala, they will say, oh, there was no barakah in that time, there was no barakah in that event, we couldn't feel Allah Ta'ala's mercy. Yeah, because that's what the Hadith, the Prophet is teaching us. Because it didn't have any aspect, you didn't make niyyah, there was no intention, there was no relation, there was no connection to Allah Ta'ala. It was entirely empty of Allah activity, so obviously then it's going to be empty of Allah Ta'ala's mercy and blessings. So we want that 100% to be on the other side of the hadith, after the illah. That every single thing in our worldly life and our pursuits has some nisbah connection, relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know that I mentioned that Imam al-Tirmidhi, he put this hadith in a chapter which is known as Bab al-Zuhud or Kitab al-Zuhud. So what is Zuhud? Zuhud is that one word in the Arabic language that explains to the believer how we should feel about the dunya. And that's the most important thing about anything in the world is how do you feel about it? Okay, what you might say, what you might do, but even more important than how do you feel about it? How do we feel about dunya? How should we feel about dunya? That's called Zuhud. So what is Zuhud? Zuhud, there's two aspects to Zuhud. Absolute and relative. Absolute zuhud means that you have absolutely no passion, delight, pleasure in the dunya. That all of your passions, delights, and pleasures only are to be found in deen. Allah Akbar Kabira. And no doubt, the vast majority of us, me and you and our listeners, we're not on that level. Yet, but may inshallah, inshallah bring us on that level. Right? But there may be certain moments in our life where we feel like that. So that's an absolute zone. But then sometimes people have the question that, well, is it wrong in Dean? Is it wrong in Islam if I enjoy what I do? Let's say, for example, somebody has a job and they say, no, I derive passion and pleasure from my work. I enjoy it. Is that wrong? Is that again zone? No. Because then there's a second type of zone which is called relative zone. Relative thought means that, okay, there's certain things in my dunya that I enjoy. I do have passion, and I drive pleasure from them. But, relative, relative to the passion and pleasure and enjoyment I feel in being, 
relative to that, then this is nothing. So no doubt, I'm a third person. I'm an engineer. I love being an engineer. I love being a doctor. My work is my passion. But compared to my Salah being my passion, compared to the level of passion I have about Quran, compared to the level of passion I have about learning being, then the passion I have about my profession is nothing compared to that. So that's what Zuhud is. Now, Imam Al-Tirmidhi's brilliance and his wisdom, he understood that this single hadith, this one hadith that we mentioned, from Sayyidina Rasulullah was enough to bring a person to the feeling of Zuhud. Feeling of Zuhud. Because it changes the way we perceive the dunya. I'll give you another example. Many times people, they love to talk, you know, and say that... Uh, the deen and dunya should be balanced. And what they mean by that is, you know, like a 50-50 type of thing. But if you think about this, you can't find it anywhere in the Quran or Hadith, that 50% the deen and 50% dunya. More importantly, it's not about a person's time, because actually probably a person's time is more given to dunya, right? In terms of I mean, people have to work for a profession, and the amount of time he's been eating, and the amount of time it's stress and sleeping. But in terms of importance, that no, no, there should be equal importance to dunya and equal importance to deen. No, that's not, that's not true. The, the importance given to deen towards the importance given to dunya. Yes, we have to do dunya, earn dunya, live in the dunya. That's a necessity. That's a function. It's a functional relationship. But the relationship of passion and emotion is supposed to be predominantly, primarily, if not exclusively with deen. That's called Zohad. That's called Zohad. So Zohad happens when we, and the feeling of Zohad happens when we realize that, 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 you know, this life in this world, it, there's no meaning to my life unless I connect it to Allah Subhanahu You know, so many times you've asked this question that, okay, what's the point of life? What's the meaning of life? Why have we been created? Why are we here? These aren't mystery questions. Dean answers all these questions. Our Dean has the answers, complete, perfect, Deep answers to all these questions. But you have to turn to the Prophet Sallallahu you have to turn to Allah and Quran, and you have to learn. And it's explained. Who is Allah Ta'ala? Who are you? What's a human being? What's the world? And yet the human being, Again, the same thing, illa. A very strong statement that we didn't even create. There's no purpose, no reason for the creation. The creation itself would be entirely negated, illa. Unless they are submissive and subservient and worshipful servants and slaves to Allah SWT. So there's a purpose. There's a meaning. Right? And when a person learns deen and they get that meaning than you, there's no greater meaning. There's no greater answer to this question what's the meaning of life than deen. And the answer that the deen gives is Allah SWT. Life is to be lived for him for his sake. Alright? So, this is the first part of the hadith. Illa zikrallahi wa ma wallahu. So, this is the act. The act of zikr. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi in hadith, he mentioned the second thing, which is a person. Wa aliman, and that person who has knowledge of deen, aw muta'allama, or that person who seeks knowledge of deen. So, simply speaking, zikr and ilm. Do those acts and become that person.
person make every act and action and act and action of zikr and become a person of ilm. Either become a person who has the ilm or become a person who seeks the ilm. And I think, you know, this last word in the Sadiq is also one of the incredible, you know, mercies of Rahmatullah al And sometimes there are some hadith that say, Rasulullah that are like that. That the very last word is, you know, the hadith lands on this word of mercy or terminates on this hopeful note. Because, you know, to become a muta'allim, a person who seeks knowledge, that's easy. Okay, to become an alim, to become a person who knows being, that would maybe a very hard, you know, thing, a lot of knowledge required for that, and maybe a person would say only a few people can do that. But muta'allim, learner, just be a learner, just by being a learner. Now you have all the blessings and mercy of Allah. Just by engaging in the activity of learning being, we save ourselves from that ma- being ma'loon, about being empty of the mercy and blessings of Allah SWT. Allah I would even take it further, that not just muta'allim is not just learner, but even a person who has the niyya to learn, intention to learn, desire to learn, interest to learn. Hmm? Allah mean, And how can, how can we really be true, sincere believers if we don't want to learn about our theme. I think every true, sincere believer really would love it to learn about pain. And so this is why we have to not practically speaking, practically speaking, try to have more acts and actions of sicker and acts that lead and are conducive and facilitate sicker in our life. And we have to try first become a seeker of knowledge and hope that one day we can become a person of knowledge but either way we want to be on this side of the hadith that comes after Allah after accept so it comes down to the zikr and ilm zikr and ilm zikr and ilm and whenever these things are there's barakah there's rahmah there's blessings and mercy and if there's an absence of these things there's ma'luniyah deprivation of Allah Ta'ala's mercy and blessings and profanity profanity so we have to work really hard on these things we have to work really really hard on our ilm and really hard on our zikr really hard on our zikr and really hard on our ilm as I mentioned in the hadith that zikr should be understood in the widest possible way and ilm also can be understood in the widest possible way. Here, knowledge means the knowledge of Allah Ta'ala, the knowledge of what pleases Allah Ta'ala, and the knowledge of how to make oneself pleasing to Allah Ta'ala. For example, look, I know, you know, I might know, and many of us would know, things that please, we know Tahajjah pleases Allah Ta'ala, we know Sadaqah pleases Allah Ta'ala, but then there's another knowledge, right? And what is that? That is the knowledge of how can I pretend it, to know what it takes to know what to do, to know what changes to make, so that I can pray tangent, to know what it takes, to know what changes to make, to know what to do, so that I can give sadhka. That's another type of knowledge. To want us to know what's pleasing to Allah, and want us to know how to become like that. It's that second type of knowledge that we get the training of Mashaikh. They know what it takes, and they know how a person is going to become like that. And that's the training that they give. 
on our own, through maybe our knowledge of being, our reading being, listening to bands, we can get the knowledge of what is pleasing. But they impart knowledge of how to be pleasing. It's a big difference. And that's what we call the ilm and amal. And this is why Imam al-Muamala. Muamala means that how to practically make yourself do those things that makes a person pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So at the first instance we should want to seek that knowledge out. Seek that knowledge out that how we can make Allah Subhanahu happy with us, how we can make ourselves pleasing to Him. So zikr and ilm, zikr and ilm, zikr and ilm. And this hadith basically then encapsulates everything, everything of value in this world. And look at the amazing power of speech, the amazing depth of meaning in the hadith of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Illa, I mean, after the word Illa, let's count the word Zikr Allahi wa ma'awalahu wa aliman wa muta'allima. In four concepts, four things, Sayyidina Rasulullah captured and described any and every single thing of any worth in this whole world. And if something doesn't fall into these four concepts and categories, there's no value and worth in this world. And that's the thing, you know. All the science and technology and economics and social sciences and sociology, they can't understand this. Because they think that dunya has some value in of itself. But dunya has no value in of itself. Unless it's used to remember the Svantana. And not just the dunya, the human being has no value in of itself. Unless it's for Allah Svantana. And that's why secularism also then sometimes calls it secular humanism. Because then also gives a value, an independent value to the human being. And then suggests that that human being can have value without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then goes further to suggest that their, the relationship between that human and Allah ta'ala is irrelevant for the value of that human being. Allah I mean, it's like a distorted, demented understanding of the world and of the human. And unless you're really, truly, deeply grounded in deen, and you see that deen has a much greater and much more refined understanding of the world and the human being. And our value as humans is in zikr and ilm. In zikr and ilm. Allahu Akbar. And then when you muta'allim, seeker of knowledge, Alim, giver of that knowledge, facilitating zikr, spreading zikr, being a means of zikr. So that's called dawah. That's called dawah. That's like to spread that khair, to spread that goodness amongst fellow human beings. The transitive good is greater than the individual good. The collective good is greater than the individual good. And then if you think about it then, then there's a lot of scope in this world. And so many times a person, if they want to advance and progress in their dunya, uh, sorry, if they want to advance and progress in their deen, they have to recalibrate their dunya according to deen. 
they have to reconsider their understanding of dunya according to deen. And when they do that, then they will fly in their deen. Now, there are also two full-fledged efforts. The full-fledged effort of zikr. That was called Hanka, Tazkiyah, Tasawwul, Shaykh, Tariqa. And the full-fledged effort of ilm. That's called Madrasa, Da'alum, Al-Alim, Shaykh al-Hadith, Ustaz, Mudarris, Mufti. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala blessed our deen, Allah Ta'ala blessed our ummah with two full-fledged dedicated efforts to bring about the two things that Sayyidina Rasulullah mentioned in the hadith. Hmm? Now, this is why a person should always have close, deep relation and respect with Mashaikh and Ulama. And that a person should frequent the Hanka, Zawiya, gatherings of Sikr, gatherings of spirituality. And a person should attend and frequent the Darloom, the places of ilm, the places of knowledge of deen. So they're constantly nurturing their heart with these two springs and oceans of Zikr and ilm. Now I'll mention just a few things in conclusion about how a person can practically begin the zikr. So in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now again, the hadith is in the broadest sense, but now I'm going to mention a practical way to start on that full-fledged effort. And I want to specifically talk about two things tonight. So I'm going to race through the others and give two in more detail. Generally speaking, our Mashaik teach that recitation of Quran daily istighfar, daily salutations on the Prophet du'as from Qur'an and the Sunnah, then these are four things. Then mukhalafat al-nafs, mujahadat al-nafs, which are the two things I want to explain more. And then constantly remembering Allah Ta'ala with your heart. These are seven co- common things. And then eighth is extra zikr, taught by a shaykh. So our own tradition of Naqshbandi, Mujaddini, Mashaykh, that extra zikr is called Muraqba. Alright? But tonight I want to talk about these two things, Mukhalafat al-Nafs and Mujadat al-Nafs. These are very important things. And really the extra zikr does not have its real intended effect until a person is doing these two things. Mukhalafat al-Nafs is to help a person stay away from sin. And Mujadat al-Nafs is to help a person stay away from laziness. Just like in the days, zikr is to eliminate ghafla and laziness, heedlessness and unawareness. And ilm is to help a person stay away from sin. So just like that, muhalafat al-nafs is to help a person stay away from sin. Mujahadat al-nafs is to help a person overcome their laziness and their ghafla and their heedlessness. These are the two things. And so there are many ways from the sunnah that a person should do mukhalafat al-nafs and mujahadat al-nafs. One way of mukhalafat al-nafs is extra fasting. And now, you know, other people may be fasting for ajr, for salab, for fazilah, for the reward, virtues and merits. This method of tazkiyah is saying that you will get the reward for two merits for the extra fast, but fast as a disciplined battle against your nafs. And so you see how how much troublesome is your nafs? If your nafs is more troublesome, do more extra fast. If it's less troublesome, do less extra fast. This is the type of 
beautiful way from the Sunnah. And as you know, mashallah, from our Ummah, so many of the Hujjaj have gone for Hajj, and those who are unfortunate like me and maybe many of our listeners who are not able to go this year, to do what? To fast the first nine days of Sulhidjah. It's almost like there's a one-month course in Ramadan that's the real course. And so it gives us a first-month booster, six months of show, six fasts of Shawal. And the third-month booster, which is nine fasts of Zulhijjah. And the person does the full course of Ramadan, first-month booster, six fasts of Shawal. Then the third-month booster, and the nine fasts of Zulhijjah, they're good to go for the whole year. So try to do these extra fasts. And then for Mujahid of the Nafs, extra prayers. And nawafil, extra prayers. Tajjur, Dishak, Duha, Awabin, Salatul Tasbih, Salatul Bukhara, Salatul Haja, extra prayers. That's what fights laziness. And I want to make it very clear, because a lot of people, I would say millions of people, have this misunderstanding. And they think that, no, my problem is laziness, and if only I could overcome laziness, I would do more nafil ibadah. No. You put the horse before the cart, it's the other way around. It's by doing nafil ibadah that I will overcome laziness. Just become obsessed. This is our skewed understanding. Change the perspective 180%. It's not, not like this. That because I'm lazy, I can't do nafil ibadah. Look at it like this. That when I, only by doing nafil ibadah can I overcome the laziness. Only by doing nafil ibadah can I overcome the heedlessness. It's an excellent way of majabat and nafs to do more ibadah, especially nafil salah. And for that person who is a seeker of knowledge, then that's their mujahadat al-nafs. Their mujahadat is to exert themselves in learning their deen. And when they sit at their desk and on their floor, and then they feel that I'm exerting, exerting, exerting myself, and I'm too, I just, I'm burnt out, I can't study, and then go to the musalla, and then pray to Allah Ta'ala, Make ibadah, and then when you feel burnt out from there, then go to your bed and go to sleep. And then get back up and go right back to the books. This is the beautiful life in the Dawlu. This is what it meant to do that full-time. The real ilm is full-time residential immersion study. And that's the way the life was. Mujahad was enough in trying to learn ilm. Then when my mind got burnt out, Mujahad was enough in the musalla and trying to do ibadah to Allah And when I got tired from that, and going to sleep and then waking up again and doing it all over again. Allah Hakamira, may Allah grant us some nights like that, may He grant us some moments like that, may He grant us some days like that, so we make dua that Allah Subhanahu connect each and every one of us and make us strong and firm and steadfast and thicker and strong and firm and steadfast in ilm and may He give us tawfiq to make more mukhalaf of the nafs and more mujahad of the nafs. Wa akhirat the honor. أنا الحمد لله رب العالمين